What's up, everybody? You're listening to World's Your Oyster, and I'm your host, Paula Sanders, and this has been a doubleheader week. This is episode number two with you guys, so I hope you're not sick of me yet, because I've been having a really good time. So if you didn't listen to Wednesday's episode, which was the first edition of Paula's Picks, which is a live version of me talking about all of my favorite things, hop on back to that either after you listen to this one or before you listen to this one. Now, today, very big day for me in Oysterland because we are having a conversation with Miss Nancy Twine. Now, if you are not familiar with Nancy Twine, let me tell you. She is an entrepreneur, she's an investor, and she's an advisor. Nancy was crushing it at Goldman Sachs, and then she tragically lost her mother. And she started to think about how she wanted to live her life and the things that made her happy. And from that came Briogeo, which is the company that she founded. Briogeo is a high-performance hair care line that pioneered the skinification of hair. And at just 29 years old, Nancy became the then youngest Black woman to launch a product line at Sephora. And the brand has gone on to win so many awards for innovation. And in 2022, less than 10 years after the launch, Nancy sold her company, Briogeo, to the Wella Company. She still continues her role as the founder and CEO of Briogeo globally, but she's also evolving again, and she's harnessing the power of her business expertise and life experience to enrich the lives of her community through her website and blog, nancytwine.com. We all have so much that we can learn from Nancy, so I cannot wait to just get into it. But before we get started, of course, we have to talk about the pearl in my oyster this week. Now, I am planning for 2024, as I'm sure all of you are as well. And I'm not really so much of a vision board maker, but I am somebody that journals meticulously. I have been keeping journals for as long as I can remember. And I do have a pretty good catalog of all of my back stock. Now this year I'm doing something a little bit different to prepare for the new year. It's something that I actually learned in the book, write it down, make it happen, which I talked about in the first episode of this season. And it says that you should write letters to your future self and you could do it in whatever time increments that you want. And I have been writing these letters to my future self for the last few weeks, trying to envision what my life looks like in three months from now, in six months from now, a year from now, three years from now. And I am getting very specific. We're talking super granular. I'm telling you exactly what I want my home to look like, how many listeners of this podcast that I want to have, the amount of money that I want to have in my bank account. But more importantly, I am talking about the state of mind that I want to be in, in each of these seasons of my life. And it's been a really beautiful practice for me because we don't really ever think of these things, right? We don't think about what we want for our mental state to be like in the future. And with that being said, I took it upon myself to look into some old journals and I found an entry from 2018 at a point in my life where I'm talking about like shattering this glass ceiling at work. And the hilarious thing is that like, I actually have no idea what I'm talking about in this journal entry, but it just seems like such a pivotal time in my life. And I thought about it. I'm like, wow, that was five years ago. Seems like a lifetime ago, but I'm thinking about it and I'm like, wow, 
my life has changed so much in those five years. And it is truly incredible what the passage of time can do if you are intentional about how you are spending your time. And I will say five years ago is about when I did start to take my life really seriously and my career seriously and where I was going, what I was doing and how I was going to get to the next step. So it was just a really beautiful thing for me to kind of go back and see, you know, what that growth journey has been and how hilarious it was that like this, what seemed to be super impactful time in my life, I don't even remember what it was. (laughs) (laughs) because I know when the real impactful things happen in my career, it wasn't in 2018. So I don't know. It's just a a funny little thing. So on that note, I hope that you start writing letters to your future self. I hope that you're journaling, keep your journals. It's so fun to look at them and let's all be mesmerized by the woman that is Nancy Twine. Nancy Twine, welcome to World Zero Oyster. Thank you so much for having me. This is like a year in the making. I know, I know. We're here day before Thanksgiving. I know, and we have a beautiful day. I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, the rain. We don't need the rain vibes. And then like one hour before you got here, the sun just like magically came out. And I was like, okay, you know what? Oh, I love that. The universe is talking. Exactly. (laughs) The universe is talking. But no, seriously, thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you're very busy and you've got a lot going on. So we're just so excited to have you here. And I know that your message is a powerful one. And I'm just so excited to share it with our community. So we'd love to really just start out with how your brand Briogeo was born. Yeah. So Briogeo was really, you know, inspired by this childhood family experience that I had with my mom, who was a physician and a chemist. And we used to go to our local health food store and buy all sorts of oils and extracts and butters and transform them into these really simple, but like highly effective clean beauty products. Mm. And it's something that I really loved doing. And, you know, I started my career in finance and, you know, halfway through my career, I lost my mom. And I really wanted to figure out how I could create a career that was rooted in passion, like doing something that I loved. And during that soul searching journey, I kept, you know, thinking back to those times that I had, you know, making those products as a kid and, you know, being a beauty consumer, I was really starting to see the shift that was happening in beauty with more, you know, clean, natural, good for you brands popping up. And I was like, wow, we were like doing this when I was young. Maybe I can actually turn this into a business. And then that's what, you know, really sparked the inspiration for Briogeo. Wow. Well, that's so amazing that you were able to kind of take a situation that I'm sure was heart-wrenching and were able Mm -hmm. to find a way to find your mom in all of that and to create this amazing life. She must be so proud of you. And it's so incredible that that's really the genesis of the story. Now you said you started in finance. So how do you kind of like in this day and age, there are a lot of people that now have started their careers in that space and then have moved on to, you know, either beauty or fashion. So how did you kind of have the know with all to say, okay, I've spread my wings as much as I could possibly have here. And now I'm ready to move on to this next thing. Yeah. So it's interesting because like finance is such a different world than beauty, but I really learned so much from that experience. Like, I feel like there are a lot of people who come out of school and they want to be just entrepreneurs right away, which for some people it works for, but there is value to, you know, actually like working and learning and developing skills 
like how to negotiate, how to create a presentation, you know, how to review contracts. Like those are things that I learned in my finance career that really helped me to become a more confident, you know, entrepreneur. And so from some of the skills perspective, I was able to leverage a lot that I had developed in finance, but also at the end of the day, I've always been a beauty consumer. Mm -hmm. And some of it is just like intuitive, right? It's about thinking like a consumer. It's, you know, being able to identify the white space opportunities, because even for me, there were products, you know, for my hair that I just couldn't find. Right. And so I'm like, I want to create this. Yeah. And so that was a big part of the journey too, was really sort of, you know, taking what I knew just from being a beauty consumer and really sort of mirroring that with like, what do I want? What do my friends want? And actually creating that. Yeah. So you go into clean beauty really before it is the behemoth that it is nowadays, and especially in hair. Yeah. You end up actually being one of the very first clean hair brands to at least market themselves in that way. So what makes Briogeo special in today's marketplace that has become a little bit more saturated? Yeah. I mean, it's a really great question. You know, there are a few things that are just so unique about Briogeo. We are a clean brand, which means, you know, when I was creating Briogeo, I worked with my chemist to really identify what are the most common used ingredients in hair care that maybe have been linked to either health or environmental concerns. Mm. Um, Because there's a lot of ingredients that have been linked to hormonal imbalances that are endocrine disruptors, you know, all sorts of things. So we have this six free methodology, which means we don't have any sulfates, silicones, parabens, phthalates, DEA, synthetic dyes, none of that stuff in our products. And, you know, Briochio packaging is also sustainable. So, so many of our shampoo and conditioner bottles actually leverage post-consumer resin. So it's like taking a recycled milk jug and using that plastic into making the plastic of our bottles. So, you know, it's clean, meets sustainability. And, you know, we know too that it's not just about what we leave out of our products, it's also what we put in. Mm. And Briogeo has really just been a pioneer in leveraging some of like the latest and greatest highly effective natural actives that really bring out your best healthy hair. So what are some of those natural active ingredients that you guys are using? I mean, all sorts of things. So, you know, in our scalp collection, we're leveraging a really unique Benchotin charcoal, which is a charcoal that's indigenous to a tree in Japan. It's highly absorptive. So that's going to really help to absorb any sort of deep-rooted impurities in the scalp, in the hair follicle, so that you can really, you know, wash away all the bad stuff. We have ceramides in some of our repair products. Ceramides are ingredients that you hear a lot about Mm -hmm. in skincare, but they also have really good nourishing benefits for the hair. A lot of our products, instead of using silicones, we're actually using lipids. So these are ingredients that sort of mirror the natural oils that your body produces. And they're, you know, filled with fatty acids, vitamins, minerals 
like things that are just really good for your hair and scalp health. Now, I would imagine a lot of these ingredients are not cheap, right? So now when you're starting this business and I would imagine bootstrapping it in the early days, now we probably don't have these problems, although I'm sure the problems are just more complex now. Um, You know, how are you able to get your hands on these ingredients and make them at an affordable price point to sell at, say, a Sephora where you get your first huge brand deal? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we source natural ingredients from all around the world, which is pretty incredible. And, you know, we have a team that really sort of focuses on sourcing. So making sure that we're not only getting the highest quality ingredients, but that we're also getting them at a good price because of the scale of our company, we're able to buy things in much more bulk than we did when we were a lot younger. (laughs) And then we just pass those, you know, savings on to our customer, which allows us to be pretty affordable relative to our peers. Our products are not cheap. They're not, you know, priced inexpensively. You're going to pay up for higher, you know, quality products and ingredients, but they're also not going to like break the bank. Yeah. I would say it's fair pricing because there's so many others that are on the market that are much more expensive than you, that you look at the back of the ingredient label and you have no idea what's in these products. Exactly. So I would say it's really just fair pricing. Yeah. Um, What does clean repair mean to you? Yeah. So clean repair to me means, you know, not covering up the problem. So there are a lot of repair products that rely on ingredients like silicones, which will like coat the hair and make the hair look healthy or shiny, but they're actually not helping to actually heal the hair. I kind of relate it to like, if you have a dry cracked nail, you know, you can either put clear nail polish on it to make it look healthy. That's kind of like silicones, or you can rub, you know, like vitamin vitamin E Mm -hmm. exactly into that nail. And over time it will heal. So in all of Briogeo products, we have what we call a Nova complex, which is natural oils, vitamins, and antioxidants. So that's really going to give you those natural, clean, reparative hair benefits. Mm. And now going back to the clean beauty market, since you are one of the first in this space, how is Briogeo still an OG pioneer? Yeah. So Briogeo really created the skinification of hair movement, which is all about, you know, treating your hair and your scalp like you would a really good skincare regimen. So that means, you know, using clean formulas, you know, the natural oils, the vitamins, the antioxidants, you know, really fueling healthy hair by making just smarter ingredient choices. And so, you know, we were just such a pioneer in this space. We were really the first to do it. And it's something that we've been in business for over a decade now. And it's something that just hasn't changed. If anything, it's only become, you know, even more rooted in our DNA. Yeah. What do you think all of a sudden now the scalp is like the hot topic? It's the new skincare. Yeah. Why do you think now? And do you know maybe what could have spurred this on? Was it yeah, you? <laughs> totally. I mean, to be honest with you, like scalp is not like the most sexy topic. No. But the truth is so many people have scalp concerns. Like it is a big um, sort of issue that people have. And it's something that we really tapped into because there really weren't many clean offerings on the market for people that had scalp concerns. Things like itchiness and irritation, dryness, damage, flaking of the scalp. And so we really wanted to create a collection that leveraged natural ingredients. So things like the Benchotin charcoal to absorb and detox, 
cooling tea tree, peppermint and spearmint oils, hyaluronic acid, another skincare ingredient that we Mm. use in our products because it hydrates the scalp. Tea tree oil, which is a natural antimicrobial, which helps to, you know, get rid of bad bacteria. Like, you know, and that's the thing that's so unique about Briochio is that you don't have to fill products with synthetics. You can leverage things in nature to create really effective products. Yeah. Obviously you've spoken to, you know, why this is so important, but is there a specific inspiration as to why you actually decided to go into scalp? Yeah. So, you know, I, for many years have battled with scalp concerns. I've had scalp psoriasis. I've had, you know, itching, flaking, and I would buy products only to read the back label and they were filled with not great ingredients. And I'm like, this is only going to make my problems worse. And they don't really work if I'm being honest with you. Right. I've been using a tea tree. I was just, I was just telling Nancy before we got on air that I actually have like a small patch of psoriasis that in my scalp that does flare up very sexy stuff, guys. (laughs) Um, When I have a little bit of stress in my life and I was using a shampoo and it used to work like years back. And now for whatever reason, this time around, not working at all. So I, I just recently bought some Briogeo product, which are probably down in my mail room, which I'm very excited <laughs> to go pick up because I need that peppermint oil <laughs> to help with this. But it's, you know, it really, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the products, they don't work. Yeah, for sure. Or they just, you know, are not really good for your scalp. You know, things like, you know, silicones and drying alcohols that are in some of these scalp problems can actually make them worse. And so again, we always tie scalp care back to skin care because we believe that if you treat your scalp the same way that you do the skin on your face, not only you're going to have a healthier scalp, but you're going to have healthier hair too. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I was also wondering too, with these scalp products, uh, because I think, and especially after COVID, there's so much talk about how people are losing their hair and whether it's a stress thing or that it's actually due to COVID, do these products actually help stimulate hair growth as well? Yeah. So the big science behind it is that a lot of people don't realize like how much buildup exists on their scalp, because Mm. even with our face, we don't just wash our face. We exfoliate, we use, we tone, we detox mask. We don't do that for our scalp. And oftentimes, especially if you're using lots of dry shampoo, you're going to the gym, you're sweating, you're using styling products shampooing, just a regular shampoo is not enough. Like you need like a scalp scrub to go in there and, you know, really sort of cleanse, not just the scalp, but also the hair follicle. Because what can happen is if your scalp starts to accumulate buildup, it starts to inflame your hair follicle. And when your hair follicle is inflamed, it can't hold on. That follicle can't grip the bulb of the hair very well because it's inflamed. And that's what can lead to hair loss. That's why, you know, if you're brushing your hair and you're like, oh my gosh, so much hair is falling out. Sometimes the culprit is just an inflamed hair follicle due to buildup. So the good news is, is that it is fixable. Yes, it is fixable. Okay. Yeah. Because I've been experiencing a lot of that. That was a selfish question. So if you can tell us a little bit about your healthy hair philosophy. Yeah. So the healthy hair philosophy really is, you know, twofold. So healthy hair starts at the scalp. You've got to take care of your scalp. You've got to nourish it. You've got to detoxify it because that's how healthy hair grows But then you also have to be really mindful of what you're putting on your hair, especially if you're using regular heat tools, if you're color processing your hair, 
Um, all of those things can do a lot of damage. So it's so important that you're adding back the moisture, that you're adding back, you know, really important fatty acids, vitamins, and minerals to keep the hair healthy. And that's why the Briogeo philosophy is what it is. It's like, let's infuse every formula with those healthy hair ingredients so that you can get to that place. I get it, 100%. So let's talk a little bit. You have the micro exfoliating shampoo, which I actually did just buy. What makes this product so special? So the micro exfoliating shampoo is literally like a spa in a jar for your scalp. Ooh. <laughs> and you'll see like it has this very like rich, creamy texture. Um, it's gray and it's gray because of the detoxifying charcoal. But then it's also a bit gritty. So there's plant-derived exfoliators that are going to help to loosen up dirt, oil, and build up on the scalp so that when you cleanse your scalp, you're getting rid of everything. You're giving your scalp a really good detox so that that healthy hair can grow. Mm, I love that. I seriously cannot wait to get yes, this. I I'm, can't wait for you too. <laughs> I, I bet it better be downstairs. So what sets this product apart from the competition? Yeah, I mean, so many different things. I think that, you know, first off, the plant-derived micro exfoliators are so unique. A lot of scalp scrubs actually use salt or sugars, mm. and they can actually be like really abrasive on the scalp. And that can cause like these micro abrasions, which, you know, if bacteria and things get into them, it can actually cause more problems. So that's, you know, number one, it's very gentle, but it's very effective. It's not just doing one thing. It's not just detoxifying, but it has coconut oil. It's adding back moisture. It has the tea tree oil. So it's getting rid of that bad bacteria that can cause inflammation. And then you get this amazing instant cooling sensation that is so lovely mm. from the peppermint and spearmint oils. So it's not just an effective product, but it's also an experience. Mm. So are you thinking about continuing to expand upon this line? Is, has it been like something that you feel really passionate about? Yeah. So we actually have some new innovation that's coming next month in Scalp Revival that I am so excited about. And this is like a must need product. I can't believe it's taken us this long to launch it. I can't share what it is just yet, Okay, but super, super excited for it. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Well, since we're speaking about innovation, I would love to kind of go back as well a little bit into the business because I think that so many people, obviously we're all consumers of all different types of products, but we don't know too much about how long it takes to innovate and to yeah. how many iterations some products go through. So I'd love to kind of just talk a little bit about the life cycle of, you know, say the exfoliating shampoo. Yeah. I mean, I will say that we are very passionate about innovation and creating formulas that really, really work. And mm -hmm. so sometimes that takes time. Like sometimes we will have dozens of iterations until we get to the perfect formula. And we have a lot of people test the formula. It's not just me testing the formula. Uh, we have people on the team who test the formula. And we also do clinicals for a lot of our products too. So these are people who are totally unbiased you know, that are testing the products because that's a big part of it too, because people don't just want products that are clean. They want products that work. You know, mm -hmm. if you're investing your money into a product, you actually want to get the result. So we've really phased in testing as a big part of our innovation process. And we work really closely with the chemists in our labs to develop formulas that are so unique there are some brands that take what's called like off the shelf formulas. 
So maybe the lab has already created the formula and they're just changing the fragrance or changing the color and then they're putting it in their bottle. We never do that. Every single formula brief is totally unique and it's crafted specifically for Briogeo. And is there anything that you are still using today that you feel that is super similar to what you were making in the kitchen with your mother? Like, is there any specific ingredients that you absolutely must have, like non-negotiable almost? Yeah. So, so many of the oils in our products are a lot of the same oils that we used growing up, whether it was jojoba oil, rosehip oil, argan oil, tea tree oil, These ingredients have obviously been around for so, Mm -hmm. so many years. There's been so much research on them, but it is kind of cool that so many of the ingredients that I was using as a kid are now, you know, a big part of Briogeo formulas. Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like it would be so important to me if it was my business as well. Now, speaking of the business, you were able to sell your business a couple of years ago, but you still remain obviously involved in the day-to-day as the founder and CEO. And I was really interested to know for you, how has your life changed both professionally and personally? And what were the things when you were kind of re-envisioning what your role would be with the brand, what were the things that for you, you absolutely wanted to stay a part of? And what were the things that you were kind of happy to say goodbye to? Yeah. I mean, it's a really great question. You know, selling your business is a big decision. And, you know, for me, Briochio was growing so rapidly. And I knew that we were going to need just more resources and more expertise to take things to the next level. And um, Wella, who's the new parent company, has such a like a core competency within hair. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around for over 140 years. And they also have a lot of expertise in salon professional, which is something that Briogeo had never done before. And we actually just launched in Salon for the first time this past August, um, which is so, so exciting. And I've been continuing as the founder and the CEO. And I think for me, you know, I feel like life is just constant learning and, you know, learning how to do things differently. You know, I've learned so much from the people at Wella and ways that we can just make things more efficient and you know, do things just more effectively by working together has definitely been something that I've been honing into, you know, a lot more of. But I always tell people that I really have two jobs because being the CEO and being the founder are two very different things. Yeah. Well, can we dig in on that a little bit more? What do you feel are the big differences? Yeah. So, you know, being the CEO, it's a very, you know, strategic executive role. It's about creating the vision for the company and the business plans And, you know, the people plans that really drive that. And, you know, being the founder is, you know, more of that sort of creative hat of, Mm -hmm. you know, the inspiration for innovation, doing a lot of press and media (laughs) and, you know, being just in a lot of ways, the voice of the brand. Yeah. It's so interesting, right? Because probably when you were thinking of this brand and this company, you didn't envision having to do all of this press and to really be the focal point of the brand. Right. Right. Was that something that you ever, that you Not originally, but I actually, like, I really, really love it. Like I was, you know, on CBS this morning with Gail King and it was like just such an amazing interview. Yeah. And it was just so cool. And that's definitely like one of the things that I love most. Yeah, I'm sure. And now you are 
are, you know, also in a second stage of your life because I don't know if it has anything to do with time, but I know that now you are really spending a lot more of your focus on mentoring people and women in particular. And which I think is so beautiful because the knowledge that you have is, is truly invaluable to really anybody, not just somebody who's starting a business on their own. I think it's great for somebody, you know, that is an employee, but what did you do when you were in these moments of starting the business or of selling the business? Because I actually see, you know, I've built something from the ground up with another company and now we're growing and we're expanding and I'm starting to put SOPs in place and things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I did an okay job with writing things down and trying to remember, but there's some things that I just like, and it happened so fast and you forget. So I wanted to understand from you, did you have the kind of foresight to say, okay, you know what? I should really document all of the steps of this process so that when I'm ready and when I am mentoring people or when I'm starting my next business, do I have the steps in place to give people the right information? Yeah. I mean, it's a really great question. And actually this past Women's History Month, I launched a content site under nancytwine.com because I just feel so fortunate to have gotten to the place that I'm in today as an entrepreneur. And I really wanted to take so many of those lessons and resources and tools and be able to share them with other entrepreneurs who are going through a similar journey. And so I've been documenting so many of those things in, you know, blog articles. And actually in January, February timeframe, I'm going to be launching a podcast, which I'm really excited about, (laughs) um, called Maker's Mindset, because I've met so many incredible women, leaders, entrepreneurs, change makers, And we have the most incredible conversations, just like we're having right now. And I'm like, I wish more people could like listen in and like hear this conversation and learn and take these pieces with them. And so, yeah, it's something that I'm just really passionate about. Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited. There's nobody better suited to do it because you do have these incredible contacts and, you know, obviously you're very smart and well-spoken. And I think that, you know, it's true. And that's, part of the reason why I started this podcast. I'm like, I have these incredible people in my life and I just, I want to tell their story. Everybody should hear it and everybody should be able to be inspired by them. So it's, uh, it's so important. And, and, you know, there's so many people out there that are looking to be inspired, doesn't matter where they're really at in their journey. So I think that that will be so, so special. I'm so excited for you. Well, how are you finding the time to manage all of these things between nancytwine.com? Because running anything media related is a big undertaking. There's just so much that needs to be done. And of course you have a full-time two jobs as founder and CEO. So how do you manage? So it's all about the team. I actually have someone who's full-time, like really focused on that aspect of what I do. Who's really, you know, project managing all the articles, making sure that they get published Mm -hmm. on the right dates, creating the social media assets. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to because I can't do everything. Like, In so many ways, I'm at capacity. So I have to say, hey, if there are other passions that I have, I have to find people, whether they're consultants or, you know, full-time people to actually help me. And I think that that is very important, especially as women. We try to take on a lot, but raising your hand and being like, I need help is okay. And it's probably like a really good thing to do that. Yeah. And I would imagine you probably had to get better with that as you started to relinquish some control of your company because, you know, it comes with the territory and you need to, to free your mind to do other things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
it's so crazy how much that you've got going on yeah. to think that it all started like in your, in the kitchen. Yeah, it did. Your, literally in the kitchen. With your mom. What do you feel, you know, at this stage has been some really pivotal advice that you've received that kind of changed the way that you either ran your business or thought about your business? I think you know, a few different things. I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think people need to realize that it is inevitable that you're going to face challenges. You're going to get no's. You're going to have roadblocks. And to expect that, because a lot of times people will take that as, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. The universe Mm -hmm. is telling me that this isn't working. As opposed to like, what can I learn from this? How can I grow? Because it's all of those like learning opportunities that ultimately make us better entrepreneurs, better humans. And so that's just the biggest thing. It's like trying to find the learning in every challenge. Mm, I love that. And I know that health and wellness are a really big part of, you know, your essence and your being. So what do you prioritize when you're thinking about taking care of yourself? Obviously you're taking good care of your hair, but (laughs) what are the other, you know, non-negotiables for you when it comes to spending your time? Yeah, I think for me, you know, sleep is definitely a big part of it. I always feel my best when I get my like seven to eight hours of sleep Mm -hmm. uninterrupted. Um, That's so important. Just eating well. Like I feel like when I was in my 20s and like early 30s, I could like eat anything and be like totally okay. (laughs) Now, like if I eat the wrong things, I actually like feel it the next day. (laughs) So just being mindful of like, you know, eating clean as much as possible drinking enough water, which sometimes is hard to do when you're like constantly on the go and you forget your water bottle. (laughs) Um, But hydration is so, so important. Um, Moving your body. I mean, especially because we're in a world in which so many of our meetings are on Zoom now, you can find yourself sitting like all day. And so, you know, just finding times for movement, even if it's just going for a walk is so important. Yeah. And now how do you feel that you've changed or have you changed at all as a leader now that you have sold the business and, you know, are focused on solely being the CEO and founder, has anything changed for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, being part of a larger company, there's a lot more structure and protocol in place because it's such a large entity. And I think that's one of the things that I'm focused on right now is how do we continue to be like a very agile company, but also leverage some of that structure to create just a stronger foundation as we continue to like move into the future. Mm. So I think that's like my big challenge right now is, you know, you don't want to become too structured, but you don't want to remain too agile for too long because things can start breaking down. So it's finding that right balance. Yeah. Balance. That's what it's, (laughs) that's what it's really all about. We're all always striving to, uh, to get that balance and to maintain that balance. And how involved are you still with all of your teams? Like, are you still kind of in the throes day to day, or are you really focusing on kind of growing the business, doing the press opportunities and, and so forth? Yeah, it's really a mix of both. I'm so fortunate that I have a really strong team of specialists. So people Mm -hmm. who specialize in different areas of the business And, you know, I try to hire really great, smart people so that they can do what they do best. And when they need me, I lean in. If they don't need me, that's fine too. And so it's just, you know, striking that right balance. Yeah. How many employees do you have now? So we have, I mean, I would say full-time and part-time, you know, well over 70 people. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. And they're all over the country, as you yeah. said, right? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. What are you still excited about now that you're a decade in? What are you looking forward to? And second part of the question, since you are so young, would you ever even consider starting another business? Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things to look forward to. Like I said, this year we launched in Salon for the first time, which is such a big opportunity. We did it in the U.S. and, you know, there's going to be global opportunities for us to do that. And so the beauty industry is very dynamic. There's things that are constantly changing, new retailers coming in. And so that's what I really love most. And that excites me is nothing stays the same. I definitely have a talent for building things and I could Mm. totally see myself building something else in the future. (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing it. My last question today, just for any budding entrepreneurs, you know, what advice would you pass on to them? Yeah, I think the biggest advice that I would give is really, you know, build a community around you. I'm so fortunate that in the beauty space, there's so many incredible founders that I've met, male and female founders that have become part of my community, because I think it's so important to have people that you can lean on that understand what it is you're going through. And so I think it's just really important to, you know, network inside and outside of your industry. But when you can really sort of form a really strong community of people who are doing similar things, it can really help to propel you forward. Well, that's incredible that you have that type of support because you would think that, you know, being that most of these beauty products, it's competitive landscape. But the truth is, and I think in, and it doesn't matter what your industry is, there's room and space for everybody. There's so many consumers out there. So it's so nice that you are able to lean on people that are are happy to support you. Definitely. Glad to hear that. It's it's like that because it can be challenging out there. (laughs) (laughs) It can be challenging out there for sure. Oh, I have one more question, actually. Briogeo question. Yeah. Stranded on a desert island. What (laughs) Briogeo product are you bringing with you? Our OG, one of the first products that I launched, Don't Despair Pair Deep Conditioning Mask. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Okay, <laughs> deep conditioning mask. We're getting the scalp oil. Yes. I'm going to be using that. That What is the claw, by the way? It's the what scalp massager. That? Scalp massager. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we put that in with the, with the shampoo. Exactly. And just massage it in. Give yourself a nice scalp stimulating massage. Let all of those great ingredients really penetrate into the scalp and you're good. Yeah, I need that. I I cannot wait. And Nancy, where can everybody find you and where can everybody find your products? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Nancy Twine and my brand Briogeo at Briogeo. And you can shop Briogeo a lot of different places, briogeo.com, sephora.com, and Ulta.com, also in store. So if you're a person who likes to go in store, you can go in store as well. Perfect. And if we want to subscribe to your newsletter, because you really should. Yes. If you want to subscribe to my personal newsletter, you can subscribe at nancytwine.com. Thank you. Perfect. Well, I'm so happy to have been able to have you here. I cannot wait to continue watching you on your journey. It's been so nice to just even see it from the outside and you're wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Paula. Thanks for listening to World's Your Oyster. I'm so excited that you're here and I cannot wait to continue growing on this journey with you. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you'll subscribe here, wherever it is that you might be listening. And why don't you go ahead and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, 
and YouTube at World Your Oyster Podcast. We also have an awesome newsletter, so I hope that you'll visit us there at www.worldyouroysterpodcast and hit subscribe as soon as you get to our website. Don't forget, we'll see you next Friday. Bye!